On today's Locked on Giants podcast, we're looking at where the Giants took the biggest step backwards this season, the top draft target that makes the most sense, and the number one coaching change that's needed. That's coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P-Train, credentialed member of the New York Giants media for over 30 seasons. You can follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A, or on Instagram, and threads at Patty Traina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. And shout out to my everydayers, my Blue Crew community members, my exclusive community members, the newcomers who happen to be tuning into this podcast for the first time, and everybody in between. You guys are loved and appreciated, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for your support. It means a lot to me. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, we've got a lot to cover here. We're going to take a look at where the Giants have regressed the most in 2023 versus 2022. So sort of a little mini autopsy on the season gone astray. Then we're going to talk about the most uh, pressing draft target for the Giants. And I think a lot of you are going to probably know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to kind of tie it in with some logic and some other reasoning and kind of like a domino effect, create like a domino effect that I don't think a lot of people are talking about but really need to when it, talk, when it comes to the draft. Then we're going to talk about what is the biggest coaching change needed on this team, whether it's offensive coordinator for a broken offense. Is it special teams? Is it offensive line? Again, I have thoughts on the, the position to me is the most glaring one that head coach Brian Dable needs to address, and I'll tell you why as we get into that segment. So that's our agenda for today. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, let's get started because we got a lot to go over. So we're going to start with a mini autopsy of the Giants 2023 season, how they took some steps back and uh, what happened basically. Now I made a list of uh, some different bullet points where they regressed on offense and defense. Um, I also have some numbers and some rankings for you. But the first thing that came to mind that I marked down was time management. There were instances this past year where the clock management by the coaching staff really left something to be desired. And for, for an example of that, look no further than what happened at the end of the first half of the Buffalo game. So that was a big, you know, head scratcher to me, how that could go go so far off the rails the way it did. A super big issue, ill-timed penalties. Now, penalties itself, I went to the the league's official um, stat service, 
And the numbers itself from 2023 and 2022, about equal. So um, 2023, you had 119 penalties for 690 yards, 225 yards offense nullified, 28 stalled drives. In 2022, the numbers were 122 penalties for 827 yards, 233 nullified yards, 38 stall drives. So you would say to yourself, okay, well, that's actually an improvement, except the penalties this year just seem to wipe out big plays and kill the momentum that the Giants on offense were starting to get. On defense, the penalties that they had would extend the life of the opponent. So in other words, you know, there's, it's kind of like injuries, you know, you have injuries to a team where, you know, depending on who's injured, it could make or break a team season. Like if your starting quarterback goes down, that's a bigger deal than if say, for example, your third string quarterback goes down. Well, with penalties, it's the same type of situation. If you get, you know, an occasional, you know, a penalty on second down or something like that, and you know, you can overcome it, it's not that big of a deal. But this team just wasn't good enough in 2023 to overcome some of the penalties that they had. And they really set themselves back in trying to, you know, stay competitive with their opponents. So that was a really, you know, big disappointing uh, factor in the 2023 season. Personnel decisions. You've heard me talk about this before, specifically to injuries, like leaving Andrew Thomas in the game after he tweaked the hamstring. And letting him run around and move around, which made the thing worse. Um, having Daniel Jones, who was coming back after three games of being out with a neck injury, do a quarterback sneak. What was up with that? Um, having uh, Graham Gano kick on a bad leg, especially after he said that he was going to need surgery. What were they thinking there? So decisions like that just leave you really scratching your head as to what they were thinking. And, you know, some people will also say, well, what about the fact that, you know, ever since they've been out of the playoff hunt, why are they not playing more of the younger guys, you know, unless they have to? Well, that one I can kind of justify in that, you know, they're still trying to win games and they're going to try and do that with the best players possible. But then you can turn around and say, okay, why aren't these younger players or some of these younger players ready for bigger roles? So you can make that argument, and that would fall on the coaching aspect of it. All right. Um, other decisions that they made. Uh, let's look at this past week's Rams game. You know, the Giants, uh, they scored a touchdown. And this is kind of similar to what had happened the week before against Philadelphia, where the Giants had scored a touchdown. The score was close. close. The Giants went for two against the Eagles and made it. But yet in a very similar situation against the Rams, they went for one. And that was the, the, the drive where um, place kicker Mason Crosby missed the extra point. So you wonder, you know, what changed, you know, what the score was pretty much, or the deficit was pretty much the same. What changed there? Um, the second down uh, draw play to, to uh, Saquon Barkley on the last drive. That was a big one. All right. What 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 were they thinking there? You know, that's a play that Dick, Brian Dable continuously says, I'd like to have that one back. All right. What were they thinking there? So to me, too many head scratching decisions made, you know, with the personnel deployment, also with, um, you know, some play calls that just, you know, they weren't happening as much in 2022. 
So just, you know, those are head scratchers. And now let's talk about the offense and the defensive regression real quick. So some rankings for you for offense. In 2022, the Giants had the 18th overall offense. This year, the 30th ranked offense. Um, In rushing, Giants had the fourth best rushing offense in 22, 16th best in 2023. Passing, 26 last year, 32nd this season. Interception rate, first last year, 18th this year. Third down conversion, 22nd last year, 31st this year. And then goal to go, sixth last year, 26th this year. So the offense took a huge step backwards. You could clearly say that the offense is broken. All right, what about the defense, you ask? All right, in 2022, third down, uh, and and I'm looking specifically at at situational defense here. Third down, they were fifth. This year, seventh, all right? Not Not too much of a drop off there, still top 10. Fourth down conversions, they were 30th in 22, tied for 22nd in 23. All right, that's an improvement. Red zone. Fifth last year, 24th this year. And goal to go, 12th, tied for 12th in 2022, 21st in 2023. So the defense took some steps backwards as well. Not as much so as the offense, but basically overall, this whole team went in the wrong direction. And, you know, some people will say, oh, injuries. Some people will say coaching. I mean, whatever reason you want to point to, total organizational failure from the depth chart, how that was assembled, to the injuries, to some personnel decisions, just too many mistakes. And when those mistakes add up, I don't care how good of a team you might think you have, they're going to catch up to you. And there's going to be a, a, a time where they're just coming at you left and right. All the bad things are coming at you from all directions. And you're just not going to be able to, to bring yourself out of a spiral once you get into this, this downward spiral. So that's a look at the step backs that the uh, the team took. Now, coming up, we're going to talk about the target, the position that the Giants should target first in the draft. I think a lot of you know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to explain why. So that's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concerts, shows, and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices, you you also get clear images of seat views and event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that promo code is LOCKONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And did you know Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube? Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And on this segment of the Locked on Giants podcast, what should be the top target for the Giants? Not the who, but what position? And I think a lot of you know what I'm going to say. It's going to be quarterback, right? So, you know, this is going to probably tick off a few Daniel Jones supporters who say, look, it's not Daniel's fault that the Giants, you know, got him hurt or, or you know, that the Giants went backwards Hear me out on this, why I think the Giants should and will go quarterback, even if it means they might have to trade up, all right? Obviously, Brian Dable and Joe Shane tried to make it work with Daniel Jones. And, you know, yes, he had a good year in 2022. The team in in general did. But Jones regressed this year. When he was playing, he looked uncertain. He looked skittish. He, you know wasn't making the throws he he had been making the year before. It's just like, you know, he couldn't elevate the offense to the level that they needed him to, the, the level they were aspiring to. And I get it. He didn't have Andrew Thomas in the lineup for a good chunk of the season. He didn't have Darren Waller always available. He didn't have Saquon Barkley available on every play. I get all that. But at some point, the quarterback has to kind of raise the level of his play and, you know, carry his teammates forward. And I just feel like, you know, with Daniel Jones, it's like it's been excuse after excuse after excuse has been made for him as to why he hasn't taken that next step. But here's the thing most important when you're talking about why the Giants should get a quarterback. They are in a prime position right now. If they stay in that fifth position or, you know, and they do have an opportunity to maybe move up to the second uh, spot, if certain things fall their way, but if they stay at number five, all right, this is a good golden opportunity for Shane and Dable to get the quarterback they want, the guy that they're going to hitch their wagons to, the guy that's going to buy them time in their jobs, because now they get to start from scratch with a rookie that they select, that they put on a rookie contract. You know, for all you people who are screaming about the money Daniel Jones is making. This is an opportunity to hit the reset button because typically when you do a reset on an organization, you ideally want to get, you know, reset with the GM, the head coach and the quarterback. The Giants didn't do that. And I understand why they didn't what, when um, Shane and Dable came in, but you know, ideally that's what should have happened. Now, it's a deep quarterback class. I think we can all agree on that. If you, you know, I've started started to uh, actually study um, the quarterback class. It is a deep class this year. You also look at, you know, the fact that Dable, you know, he's going to probably have coaching changes on the offensive side. Spoiler alert to the next segment, by the way. I still say um, Mike Kafka will probably not be back. And if they do go in another direction with offensive coordinator, what I think is going to happen is you're going to see Shay Tierney, who is currently the quarterback's coach, get promoted to offensive coordinator. But 
you're going to see Brian Dable take over as the play caller. Because if they bring in a young quarterback, and let's let's face it, you know, there, the, supposedly there were times this year when Dable seemed to be a little bit more involved in the play calling during the course of a game. So, you know, he's just kind of itching because, you know, he's, he's always been a play caller, you know, throughout most of his coaching career. So if they do take on a new quarterback, a young quarterback, you better believe Brian Dable is going to be really hands-on involved with that young man's development. All right. So I just see that playing into the factor. But here's the biggest thing for those of you who are sitting there saying, oh, my God, you've turned into such a Jones hater. I have nothing against Jones. Good guy. You know, I'm really sorry it didn't work out. I was hoping it would work out. I really was. All right. But I can't ignore his injury history. He's had now two neck injuries over three years. He's coming off the ACL, which I'm sure is going to have some kind of effect on his mobility. What? I don't know. But ACLs generally do. This this is what? Year six that he just completed? And we're still asking questions. And above all, folks, I can't get over the fact that Shane, when he set up Jones's contract, left himself with an escape hatch after two seasons. If that isn't the biggest, you know, red flag for you guys regarding how they felt about the quarterback situation, then I don't know what to tell you. If they were 100% certain that Jones was their guy, do you really think they would have put that escape hatch in after two years so what's going to probably happen with quarterback as i see it i think the giants are going to dip into that young uh talented class in the draft because who knows by the way where the giants will be drafting in after the 2024 season you can't take that chance and assume that oh they'll have another crack at another quarterback you just can't you've got to kind of you know when the opportunity is there you have to seize it but you know, I think what will happen is if Daniel makes a full recovery in time for the start of the season, and there's no guarantee of that happening, by the way, Daniel will be the starter. All right. I think if the Giants draft a young quarterback, they'll, you know, they'll get him ready. They won't throw him into the fire right away. Kind of like, you know, how they handled the Eli Manning situation years back when Eli was, you know, the number one overall pick in the draft, a, a pick that the Giants acquired via trade with San Diego or the San Diego Chargers at the time. So they let him develop. They let him get ready while the veteran in front of him played, Kurt Warner, of course. And then they put Eli in there. You know, unlike what happened with Jones, where, you know, they drafted Jones in 2019, sixth overall, and two games in into the season, Pat Shermer, because he couldn't wait to open up his playbook, decided to throw Jones into the mix. I don't see that happening if the Giants get a young quarterback, I don't think it makes sense. I think you have to, you know, you have to be systematic about it and just let the kid grow into his 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 uh, surroundings, so to speak. Get used to the complexities of NFL defenses. Get used to the speed of the game. This is all stuff that you know they can try and simulate in practice for the for a young quarterback. And what I think they will do. So again, folks. It's nothing against Daniel Jones. He's had his opportunities. This year, the team tried to, you know, help him. And I know there were injuries, you know, to his top playmakers and whatnot. But at some point, we got to stop asking ourselves, can he definitely be the guy moving forward? Because thus far, when he's had the opportunities, 
He hasn't really shown them. And, you know, I don't want to hear that, oh, he beat the, the, you know, he won a playoff game. The Minnesota Vikings were probably, you know, that defense that the Vikings put on the field wasn't very good. Let's, let's be honest here. Against better defenses, Jones did struggle. So look, if we're being honest with ourselves, you look at the level of competition that he faced and how we did against each one. And I think, you know, to say that he elevated the team around him on a consistent basis, I don't think we can say that. So quarterback is the position that I think the Giants go in the first round. I think it's pretty obvious that that's how they're going to go. Um, barring, you know, a, a really, you know, unexpected thing happening in the offseason with free agency or a trade or something like that. But I think if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, you get the quarterback that you want, you groom him, you hit your wagon to the, that guy for better or for worse. So that being said, speaking of better or for worse, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the biggest coaching change this team has got to make. And yes, it is sort of related to the quarterback position. And I'll explain what I mean by that right after this. Hey, Giant fans, the NFL regular season is wrapping up this week, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and score big this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And coming up tomorrow on the Locked On Giants podcast it is the final crossover edition. Locked On Giants, Locked On Eagles, the final crossover show for the Locked On Giants podcast for the 2023 season. I will be joined by Locked On Eagles co-host Lou DiBiase, and we'll get you everything you need to know about this weekend's game between the Giants and the Eagles, which hopefully will not have anything funky happening the way that it just seems something always funky happens against when the Giants play the Eagles. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, on Friday, I'll have another episode for you. Topic to be determined. I'm still, you know, working that out. And then um, I'll tell you on Friday what we're planning for the following week, because the following week, obviously, we should be hearing from Joe Shane. We might be hearing from John Mara. I don't know that just yet, but there's there's a possibility we might. Um, obviously, we'll have Baggy Day on Monday, um, so we'll be hearing from the players. I would imagine Brian Dable's going to talk. So there's going to be a lot going on next week, and we, of course, will bring everything to you here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Hope you will tune in. All right, in this segment, what is the biggest coaching change that the Giants need to make for 2024? Some of you are already going to know the answer. Some of you, you know, are going to say, oh, I don't agree with your choice. But folks, I got to go. And be actually, before I, I, I say who it is, let me just reiterate something that I've said on the show before. I don't normally advocate for people to lose their jobs. Right? I've lost jobs in the past, and it stinks when that happens. That said, 
coaches tend to pop up elsewhere and get recycled on other teams. So that said, the biggest coaching change that this team needs to make, no questions asked, has to be offensive line coach Bobby Johnson. Now, why? Here's the thing. I think if Mike Kafka, if you said Mike Kafka is going to be the biggest change, the Giants can survive if he moves on because the offense is basically Dable's offense. If if Kafka moves on, you know, and Dable takes over the play calling, now the onus is shifted back to Dable. Bobby Johnson, though, let's talk about the offensive line. The offensive line, the fact that he hasn't really been able to develop the younger talent. Look at the inconsistencies, for example, of John Michael Schmitz, who's had an up-and-down rookie year. Look at how Marcus McKethan was thrown in there and they took him out almost as quickly as they put him in there. Look at the struggles, you know, of Evan Neal, who still has left question marks as to whether or not he can be a viable right tackle. You know, Tyree Phillips before his injury, if you go back and the great mystery of why he was cut, I think there was a report that he was cut because he reverted to some bad habits. Okay, well, isn't that the job of the coach to coach him out of those bad habits and instead you give up on him? Does that make sense? So, you know, here's the thing. You know, and oh, let's not forget about the stunts before I get into the the thing here. Um, The stunts, week 17 last week. I'm sorry, week 17. Yeah, it was 17 last week. This is 18. The Giants still can't pick up stunts, all right? The Rams came into that game last week. The Rams were not known as a, a team that ran a lot of stunts. Don't, wouldn't you know? They ran a few stunts because why not? If the Giants can't pick them up, why not You know, throw that into your mix? And expect the Eagles to do that again on Sunday. Now, here's the thing. If you are getting a rookie quarterback, you better get that offensive line up to snuff. It's not going to happen in one year. All right. It's not going to happen in one offseason. Right now, you've got Andrew Thomas, who is a keeper. Schmitz, despite the up and down uh, season that he had, he's a keeper. You're going to have to do something about your guards. All right. You're going to re- need to replace them one way or another. You still don't know if Evan Neal is going to be ready. And if so, can you salvage him? So you're going to need at least one good offensive lineman to come in, preferably at one of the guard spots. And you're going to need a coach that's going to be able to get that unit to working together to, you know, at a functional level. Because if you're going to eventually put a rookie quarterback behind that offensive line, he's going to need as good of a unit as possible while he adjusts to the actual speed of the game, to the complexities that defenses show him, the trickery, and so forth. You're probably, if you're the Giants, you're probably not going to come up with a line like Dallas. You know, remember a few years ago, Dallas had that all-world line where there wasn't really a weak spot. But if you can just get a functional line, a line that can get better, that can develop, you know, and get some depth developed, that's the other thing. You know, people say, oh, they got to, you know, draft offensive linemen, bring in offensive linemen. Well, what is the good of bringing in offensive linemen via the draft or free agency if you don't have someone who's going to develop them to their their maximum potential. So to me, the choice is clear here. If you're Brian Dable, you've got to replace Bobby Johnson 
I know the two of them are tight, they're friends, but you can't make decisions based on emotion here. Too many times that's that's happened. You know, I mentioned uh, on yesterday's show for my everydayers, um, I mentioned how Sterling Shepard was brought back because, you know, that was more of a, a decision I think made because of sentimental reasons than anything. Well, you can't do that and and just, you know, expect to have a winning football team. Sometimes you're going to have to make the tough decisions and you're going to have to separate sentiment, sentimental feelings from the smart business decisions. And to me, replacing the offensive line coach is a smart business decision that needs to be made. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Keep it here tomorrow. It'll be Crossover Thursday, Lockdown Giants, Lockdown Eagles, the last Crossover Thursday show of 2023 for me at any rate, Lockdown Giants. So we will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.